0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your
1: house. This is St. Louis Public Radio. It's Wednesday, April 28th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. It's been six years since Illinois embarked on a plan to reduce fertilizer runoff into rivers and streams and improve water quality. So far, it's not working. Unfortunately, right now, no, we're actually going the other way. We will examine how Illinois and other Mississippi River Basin states went off track in just a few minutes. The St. Louis County Council is pausing residential evictions in the county, but the relief is only temporary. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippmann reports.
0: The county's moratorium applies to people who have been paying as much of their rent or mortgage as they can and who would be at risk of becoming homeless or having to live with relatives if they were evicted. Because only four members voted for the pause, it cannot take effect until May 13th at the earliest. The pause is set to expire on June 30th unless the council extends it. The help will come too late for Charles and Terry Liddell, who are being evicted from their rental home in University City and are having trouble finding another place. Terry Liddell is urging the council to do more to help people like them. We don't want to be homeless. We're not shiftless, lazy people. There have been 23 residential evictions in St. Louis County since a judge allowed them to start up again earlier this month. Another 116 were not carried out for a variety of reasons. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: A study from the St. Louis Department of Veterans Affairs finds the long term effects of COVID 19 are wide ranging and serious. Researchers used more than 70,000 patient records in the National VA database. Doctors found that after a month, COVID 19 patients had respiratory, gastrointestinal, and cardiovascular issues and were at a higher risk of dying. Dr. Ziad Al Ali is one of the study's authors. The burden of COVID is substantial. It's not really small. And uh, it, it can take different shapes and different or different forms in different people. He says health systems could see a secondary crisis in long-term COVID patients seeking care once the pandemic subsides. Many voters throughout Missouri are demanding lawmakers fund Medicaid expansion. They rallied outside the state capitol yesterday. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports.
0: This is what looks like.
1: Activists rallying outside the Capitol say the legislature is obligated to fund the expansion because voters approved it last summer. Nimrod Chapel is the president of the Missouri NAACP. He says the legislature is violating a basic rule he learned as a kid. When Mama sent you to the store, you come back with what was on the list. You don't buy bubble gum. You don't get you some Cracker Jacks. You come home with what was due. Some lawmakers say the state can't afford expanding Medicaid to 275,000 Missourians, even though the federal government will pay 90 percent of the cost. If the legislature passes a budget without the funding, the issue will likely end up in court. In Jefferson City, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has signed a massive health care law pushed by the state's Legislative Black Caucus. It seeks to close and study multiple equity gaps in health care, including mandating implicit bias training for healthcare professionals. It also grants criminal immunity for patients who overdose on illegal drugs and aims to treat community violence as a public health issue. Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton, the first black female lieutenant governor in Illinois' history, says this law means the state will address long-standing inequities in healthcare. This is why I appreciate the Legislative Black Caucus four pillars, because with each pillar, They went below the surface to tackle the root causes, which is a key precursor to systemic change. The law also invests millions of dollars in state money for services meant to bring down Illinois' black maternal mortality rate. The number of Missouri residents infected with the coronavirus has topped the half million mark. The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services yesterday reported nearly 525 new COVID-19 cases, bringing the total since the start of the pandemic to slightly more than (music) 500,000. Illinois embarked on a plan six years ago to reduce fertilizer runoff into waterways. So far, the efforts haven't worked. Harvest Public Media's Dana Cronin reports on how Illinois and other Mississippi River Basin states got off track.
0: The tile drainage pipe ushers runoff from a central Illinois farm into the East Branch Embra River. This water will flow through the Wabash, Ohio and Mississippi rivers before ending up in the Gulf of Mexico. Nitrogen and phosphorus levels will build as the water passes through more and more fertilizer laden farmland, which after nourishing crops, results in a dead zone off the coast of Texas and Louisiana. So this is cereal rye. Joe Rothermel's farm partially drains into that East Branch Embra River. Of his 1,100-acre corn and soybean operation, he plants cover crops on 800 of those acres. Very good for suppressing weeds, holding in moisture, By preventing soil erosion, cover crops help reduce Rothermel's pollution into the river. But despite his and other farmers' efforts, agriculture is still the largest contributor to nutrient runoff, which is why many Mississippi River Basin states have adopted plans to reduce their impact on the Gulf's dead zone, including Illinois. The basic goal of Illinois' nutrient loss reduction strategy is to cut nitrogen and phosphorus loads almost in half. More immediately, the aim is to reduce nitrogen by 15 percent and phosphorus by 25 percent in the next four years. But so far, it's not working. In fact, the situation is getting worse.
1: Unfortunately, right now, no, we're actually going the other way.
0: Trevor Sample is with Illinois Environmental Protection Agency and coordinates the nutrient loss production strategy. He says between 2015 and 2019, nitrogen and phosphorus loads have increased by 13 and 37 percent, respectively, compared to the baseline numbers.
1: And a lot of that is because we're seeing increases in flows.
0: The massive amount of rain in 2019 meant that more water flowed into rivers, 25 percent more, to be exact. And with that increased flow comes increased nutrients. But there are other reasons Illinois hasn't yet improved its water quality, including a lack of money. By comparison, Iowa has dedicated $270 million to improving water quality. Jennifer Jones does watershed outreach with University of Illinois Extension. She says that money makes a big difference. Whenever you look at Iowa, for example, It's just incredible to see the work that we've been able to do in Illinois without assistance from, you know, maybe the state level as much. While Illinois does fund some conservation programs, there's currently no state money going directly to reducing nutrient runoff. Right now, the state is mostly relying on education. And that's what makes Jones's job so important. She helps make a podcast dedicated to the issue. This is the
1: Illinois Nutrient Loss Reduction Podcast, episode 25, Uncovering the Benefits of Cover Crops. The podcast
0: covers everything from the benefits of constructed wetlands to which cover crops to plant. More resources like this are needed, says Michael Woods, who manages the Illinois Department of Agriculture's Natural Resources Division. A recent Illinois State University survey found that fewer than half of Illinois farmers had even heard of the strategy.
1: The success of this initiative and the success of protecting our environment while sustaining our agricultural operations really comes down to education.
0: Joe Rothermel, the Central Illinois farmer, thinks it will also take financial incentives and technological advances. And he says we can't leave all of that up to farmers. Conservation is not free. And farmers, you know, are going to have to pay for this themselves or somebody else is going to have to pay or, or help pay. And I'm not sure it should be totally on the, you know, the farmer. Rothermel says he's hopeful the new Biden administration will contribute federal dollars to conservation programs, including programs aimed at cutting down on farm runoff. I'm Dana Cronin, Harvest Public Media.
1: Harvest Public Media reports on farm issues in collaboration with St. Louis Public Radio and other public media stations in the Midwest. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis Public Radio is a service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Mosby
0: Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.